Welcome to this week's edition of Hockey Unfiltered, the podcast with Ken Campbell. I'm the sidekick, Dylan Waugh. I am the Gordy Tap to Ken's Archie Campbell. That's right, using the same last name. Today we're going to be talking about the Vancouver Canucks. We're going to be talking about Ivan Provorov. I'm going to be talking about the Michigan. Ken's going to be asleep for that. Talk about the Florida Panthers and, of course, the Colorado Avalanche. So stick around. Check us out on Twitter at HockeyNoFilter at Ken underscore Campbell 27. Of course, at underscore Dylan Waugh. Okay, so do you know do you know Gordy Tapp and Archie Campbell? No, we should start running competitions with this. I don't know half of them that you that you do. Okay, so they were two characters on Hee Haw, and they're oh, the ones okay. that saying you met another and <laughs> you was gone. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and so all right, uh, then they had guest guest appearances of different singers that sang with them and included in those guest appearances was Charlie Pride who just died a few years ago a yeah. couple years ago yeah. Johnny Cash and Ernie Tennessee Ford okay Ernie Tennessee Ford did not write but popularized the song 16 tons right Say, okay don't you call me cuz i can't go i owe my soul to the company store all right which brought light to the attention of company towns to greater america which didn't exist and actually changed legislation. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. For the better for workers' rights. There you go. Just, uh, I, I don't know what to say because I, yeah, I don't know any of this. I don't know, like, I don't know any of the backstory here. Well, we're starting off the episode. First of all, check out kencampbell.substack.com. And we're starting off the episode with our, 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 uh, witty banter. I was going to say our social justice announcement. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, so I come in here. <laughs> Come in here, and where I usually sit, sitting beside me, is Abstract Hockey Presents Stat Shot by Rob Volman. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so the ultimate guide to hockey analytics. So this is hockey analytics for dummies. No, that's not, not for dummies. It's, it's, not, it's anyways, pretty in-depth. Anyways, I'm wondering if there's kind of a subtext to that. So the subtext was that you sit next to a beautiful... Made in Canada, cast iron table saw every time you come in here. Right. And every time you come in here, I put like a book or a magazine down for you to stick your drink on, like as like a coaster. And oh. every week you miss it. So this time I put, I covered the top in books. And I didn't even bring one today. And you didn't bring it's a usually, drink. It's usually the Long and McQuaid gear issue. I've noticed that all the time. <laughs> oh, okay. So you don't, oh yeah. I see there's little marks that I've left here now. Oh, oh there no. it is. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Why didn't you just put a coaster? Poster. I would have, I would have, I would have complied with that. Okay. I should get a set of coasters to match the, so there the was, motif back here. There was, there actually was a, a subtext to that. I there, thought, I thought, I don't, I was thinking that it was something else that you were thinking that I should finally start embracing and understanding analytics. Ken, it was all subtext. The right. whole thing was subtext. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh, so there was subtext within the subtext. No, no, just one yeah. layer. Okay. Yeah, behind underneath the text, stat shot by Rob Volman, was the subtext, which was put your bloody drink on anything but my cast iron tabletop. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I apologize if Rob Volman's listening to the fact that I was using your book as a coaster. <laughs> you could have just told me. Well, where's the fun? In, I have told you, actually. I don't think. Oh, have you? Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't listening. <laughs> For a change. Yeah. Okay. You heard stat and I'm then you sorry. were like. <sighs> I'm sorry. That's okay. Okay. I'll, I'll be better. No. It's, yeah. Well, if, if, if you committed to being better, then what was the point of all this? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Moving right along. Moving right along to people who should be better. Yes. Yeah, yeah, let's 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 get into the heavy topic first. <clears throat> okay, set it up. Set Ivan it up, Provorov, last night skips warm ups, does not uh, want to wear a pride jersey, and then plays the game. Yeah, yeah, and, and not only plays the game, but plays more minutes than anybody in the game. Correct. Yeah. So what's the lesson here? Don't the, be a jerk. Well, no, it's you don't need warm ups, right? <laughs> warm ups are useless. They're pointless. <laughs> 
<laughs> just a, that's it. Just a hard left turn to where we thought we were going with this. Yeah, yeah. That's Stop what the taking warmups. Stop taking warmups. Okay. I mean, he played, 20, he played twenty-two minutes. They won the game. Yeah. Why would you ever warm up again? Yeah. Anyways, no. To be yeah. serious, um, just so so many disappointing aspects to all of this. Correct. Yeah. And, and I'm I'm just waiting for, and I'm it'll be like waiting for Godot. Because it's never going to happen because of because hockey and mm-hmm. hockey culture, mm-hmm. I would just love to 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 be there the day a guy in a dressing room says, "I'm not wearing the military appreciation night sweater and warm up. I'm Thank not doing you. that. Yeah, I'm anti-war. I'm anti-war. I don't I don't like war. Uh, I don't like the invasion the Russian invasion of Ukraine." And, I don't uh, like the American invasion uh, yeah, of Iraq. I yeah, don't I don't. Like, I don't like. Yeah. yeah, and and I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna associate myself with this because these are my personal beliefs, and I have to be true to myself. I want to be there that day. I, it's never gonna happen. It's never yeah. gonna happen. But I would love to see what would happen if someone did that. Yeah. You know, if someone did that. Yeah. What? Where? What would? Where would the discussion go? You know. Right. Because they've already had the Flyers have already had a military appreciation night, and Provorov. Wore a, wore a sweater and warm up that was auctioned yeah. off. So, um, to me, I wonder was it what his sweater would go for from last night? The unworn one. Yeah, yeah. As I want symbolism. I wonder what he'll go for on the trade market now. Do you think he's getting traded? Well, I think there's been talk of it. Yeah, yeah. There, but there's been rumblings of Provorov getting traded for. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, three years. Or yeah, something but like, like that. are you going to want to trade for this guy now? Are you going to want to trade for this guy? Yeah. Like, he's good. He's yeah. not great, but he's good. Yeah. Um, he has a potential to be You better. know what? And, and like, there's a lot of teams that are looking for defensemen that play the way he does. Yeah. Um, but, like, do you want the headache now? Do you want the PR nightmare that's going to come with taking this guy? So I'm not saying this to downgrade what he did last night. And I'm not saying this to change the conversation at all. Right. But to your point, the fact of the matter is that Evander Kane waited exactly like one week. Yeah. Before a team took a flyer on him. Jake Bertanen. Right. Uh, got a tryout. He got a He got, got a, a PTO. Got a PTO in Edmonton. Yeah. You know, Nick yeah. Cousins is playing. Yeah. You know, uh, the the world is not. And and I'm not I'm not suggesting that nobody none of these people deserve second chances. And I'm not suggesting anything of that. And then, of course, the logic would suggest that. Yeah, and, and, yeah. You do, know you, what I mean? do you deserve a second chance for mistakes? Yes. Do you deserve a second chance from? No, this wasn't a mistake. From your beliefs, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Like to me, it it it, it was ridiculous because he says he said I respect people's choices. That's mm-hmm. what he said. Right. So let's 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 dive into that. Okay. So number one, we know he thinks that sexual orientation is a choice. Right. Okay? Yeah. And number two, we know that he disagrees with that choice, which right. he's free to do. Right. Which he's free to do. But if you respect, if you respect it, mm-hmm. this is pride night. Mm-hmm. Okay? This is not about like 90%, well, I don't know how many percentage of the people in that in that, in that that arena are, are people who respect people's sexual orientation right okay so maybe they don't agree with it maybe it's not their thing yeah uh but they respect it and part of respecting something on a pride night is is it goes way beyond respecting their sexual orientation it's respecting their rights as a human being that's exactly right right that's that's exactly right like so 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 if you don't if you're not wearing that sweater then do you really respect that person's rights with it as a human being, even though you disagree with his quote, his or her quote unquote choices? Right? Yeah. So to me, it's it's just bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I'm really disappointed in the Flyers. I'm really disappointed in John Tortorella. I, I'm real I, like it just it's just like how difficult would it have been to say, you know, look, you, you know what? You signed a contract with us, you're supposed to participate in warm-ups. And if you don't do that, then that's grounds for us to sit you out for this game. And and the Flyers come out and say we we support in- inclusivity. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay, but you're allowing one of your employees to just flout 
a an initiative that you are doing because it 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 it's in line with your values so yeah i mean everything that you say is is absolutely right and i agree with 100% my only question in terms of for him playing last night now john tortorella could have benched him and, and stapled him to the bench had he wanted to. Yep. So it's not like there's there's no recourse here. But in terms of scratching him or not playing him, th- I have a question about that in terms of uh, his contract. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You you might you you may very well have a good point. Yeah. The NHLPA might have gotten involved, but then the NHLPA would have had to be not be on the wrong side of <laughs> wrong side of this as well, right? Right. Exactly. You but, know. Which I mean, come on, the NHLPA has been on the wrong side but of like no, a lot. But no, see, you know what though? Like, I don't think he, I don't think no he, I don't think he would have had recourse. I don't think he would have had recourse. Torts could have benched people. Him get out. people get scratched all the time. They get scratched all the time. Yeah, people get fired all the time, but they also have wrongful dismissal suits. Yeah, but but this wouldn't have affected his income. He still yeah. would have been paid. Yeah. He still would have gotten his full paycheck. Yeah, he just wouldn't have been able to participate in that game. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I I yeah yeah that's that's a bit of a that that's an interesting one. Yeah. But but to me, I mean, you know, either you're either you're going to be inclusive or you're not. Yeah. And I can't believe you don't have that conversation with Ivan Provorov before all of this. You know, I maybe they did have it. Yep, maybe they did and this is where it wound up. Yeah. 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 But but to say you're in, you're inclusive and then to actually reward a guy for not complying with what falls in in line with your values to me is is not really being terribly inclusive no and 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 you're absolutely right and i think that you hit the nail on the head which is that no matter where your belief system lies with anything it, it first and foremost has to respect a person's right right to exist and 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 that is what so much of these pride nights are about Right. Like they're about inclusion, of course, and they're about growing the game and and reaching out to people. But they're also about recognizing that that everybody has the same rights as a human being. Yeah. And and that's it's fundamentally wrong to to be to to take a stance against that. I just I don't know how you can defend that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and and you know what? I kind of I I'm of two minds. Like Ivan Provorov is obviously a product of the system he grew up in, right? Yeah. And that's a system that believes that sexual orientation is a choice mm-hmm. and that it's the wrong choice and that that LGBTQ initiatives are there to indoctrinate people and to, you know, try and get straight people to be gay and all this other garbage yeah. right they they true there are people that truly believe that and yeah. there are a lot of russians that truly believe that yeah so so on the one hand you say okay he's a product of his system the dude's in his 10th year in north america he came yeah. here as a, he came here as a 16 year old to play in the ushl yeah played in the ushl for a year played two years in the western hockey league for brandon and now he's in his eighth, eighth year in philadelphia i mean come on dude <laughs> you know i mean yeah I mean, so he cites he cites his religion as being Russian Orthodoxy, <clears throat> which is the state religion, yeah, of Russia, and essentially is. I hate to say this because I don't I don't want to insult people who who are very fundamental in Russian Orthodoxy, and I don't you know what yeah, I mean. I don't yeah, want to yeah. tread on somebody's toes, but I hate to say this, but that religion has been used very much as a tool by the current regime in Russia. Yeah, as as have a lot of religions. No, of, yeah, of, yeah. of course, but yeah, yeah. very specifically, yeah. you know, Putin went on a systematic yeah. dismantling of the ability of other religions to mm-hmm. thrive in, yeah. in Russia, yeah. including other very similar sects of Christianity because this was the one that he could control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's not for nothing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, this isn't going to go away either. Like, this is... You don't think so? Well, it'll go away, but it's not going to die a quick death. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just, you know, now... I mean, now does he has he set the table for other players to do the same thing, you know? 
But see, it's bigger than it's bigger than Ivan Provorov, though. It's bigger than yeah. than than just him. Yeah, you know, if the Philadelphia Flyers, if if John Tortorella benches him, or if the Philadelphia Flyers scratch him from that game, yeah, then you know you're like, okay, well, hockey's going in a good direction. Yeah, but hockey is for everyone. Okay, well, yeah, well, if you say so. Yeah, no, I mean you're right. That's that's yeah. that's fair. That's fair. That's yeah. that's what I didn't didn't add into that tirade, which is the fact that there did prove to be a deeper systemic issue with that. Yeah. 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 You're right. Okay. Yeah. Do we have anything uh, more that you want to add to that? No, or? no, no, no. I think we're, I think we've hashed that out. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the boring stuff or the interesting stuff? Uh, well, we have to get to the boring stuff sooner or later. <laughs> I've solved the Michigan. Okay. So. Uh, so tell, tell me how you did it. I did it by doing what all <clears throat> young whippersnappers should do. I listened to the old guys yelling on my TV who said, <laughs> just beat it on your feet. Beat it on your feet. Why don't these kids just stay on their feet? RVH is for losers. You know, that sort of stuff, right? Right, right. <clears throat> so I ran some experiments with that. And what I did was I, uh, I brought some students to an arena and I got the average time it takes to shuffle from one post to the next. The average time it takes to make a power slide from your standing to your RVH from one post to the next. Mm-hmm. The average time it takes for the stu- the shooter that I brought that can do a consistent Michigan. The average time it takes for him to do a Michigan from the time that it shows him, from the time that he shows that he's about to do a Michigan to the time that he actually does it. Subtract those two. And what you have is your decision making time. Right. So if I can shuffle to, uh, to, 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 bring, this, to bring this across... Andrew, Andrew Lung was the student that I brought and he could shuffle on his feet from one post to the next in 0.617 seconds. Okay. Okay. Tommy, who's the same age as him, it took him 1.466 seconds to do a Michigan. So the 0.2 seconds is what he has. 0.8 seconds. Oh, 0.8. Yeah. 1.466 versus 0.617. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. An NHLer <clears throat> does a Michigan in 0.873 seconds average. But I would assume that the goalie gets across faster in the NHL too. Correct. But so, even so with yeah, even with this, Andrew beats an NHLer on his feet by 0.2 seconds. Right. Okay. So that's a 0.2 second decision making time. Now, again, like I like you said, an NHLer presumably moves faster than a 15 year old. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Who's a good goalie, but nevertheless a 15 year old. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Then here's what gets interesting. His ability to power slide from one side to the other side in the RVH was actually faster at 0.457 seconds. So okay, so the so the so the answer is slide over and go into the RVH and and you've got the best chance of stopping the Michigan. No, because then that the RVH is what leaves that top corner open. Right. So the answer is that Tommy's wraparound time was 1.175 seconds. So it's slightly faster than his Michigan time by about 0.3 seconds or so. So the answer is that if you hold your back post and the accepted thing has been so far that uh, you're basically falling as the net's going behind the net, you're moving from one side to the next as your goal as a goaltender, right? If you hold that back post with a max effort push, you are so much faster than a player that you can hold that and have up to half a second, even more in some cases, in order to make a decision as to whether you need to go into your RVH to stop a wraparound. Or on your feet to stop the Michigan. Okay. And so then comes the real world tests. So what I did was I had Tommy and I told him what I wanted to do. Michigan, wraparound, or fake Michigan. Right. And I didn't tell Andrew that fake Michigan was an option. So the goalie you didn't tell. No. Yeah. I didn't tell him that fake Michigan was an option. So he just had to read the play and be on top of it. Right. Michigan, wraparound, fake Michigan. Andrew made eight correct reads and four incorrect reads. Okay. Of the 12 times that we did it. That's a that's a huge success. He doubled his correct reads compared to his incorrect reads. Yeah, but it's still only a 750 save percentage. A 750 save percentage on such a high uh, a probability play is, is a lot better. And considering that this is his first time doing it. Yeah. This is his first time ever doing it. Okay. So presumably you could do that. You could train a goalie that way many, many times. And, and anyways. Okay. So very exciting. Um, <laughs> it is. Yes. Okay. It's very exciting for, okay. for, for us goalie nerds. 
Uh, I think there should be an article coming out in Elite Prospects about it soon. Oh, really? Okay. And potentially an article for in Goal Magazine coming out about it soon that uh, that uh, I might be co-authoring. Okay. Well, I'm just going to copy that then and put it on kencampbell.substack.com. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just going to, just going to. Just copy and paste? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that's a great segue. Check out kencampbell.substack.com. <laughs> Subscribe for the very best of plagiarism. <laughs> i'm just kidding if you know ken even in passing you know that uh he's an original one yeah nobody, you know? nobody's gonna be. <laughs> when, when he was born the doctors threw out the mold some of it grew back nice <laughs> i'll have you know i was a cesarean section okay buddy in 1962 this is like the first one ever yeah, it, I think it was. Yeah. Oh, Dodgers must have been so happy about that. Took two doctors to deliver me. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was back when you could get even like one to a to a delivery. Oh no, they came to the house. We had oh, <laughs> <laughs> my horse and buggy. Actually, it was Sudbury. Yeah. So. <laughs> we had no doctors for our daughter's birth. Really? Yeah. You had midwife. Midwife. Wow. We had two midwives, and it was full on hippie birth in the bath, the whole thing. Oh, and and Tanya, from from the time we got there to the time of birth was like an hour and a half. Wow! And I have like I've sat on toilets longer than that. Oh Jesus! You know. <laughs> Anyways, check us out on Twitter at Hockey No Filter at Ken underscore Campbell twenty seven. Of course, at underscore Dylan Waugh. Shall we talk about the Florida Panthers? Are they gonna are they gonna get this back? I thought or? we were gonna talk about the Canucks. Let's talk about the Canucks then. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about the Canucks. Uh boy, what a tire fire. Wow, is it ever? Is it ever? Um Okay, so I read I, I, I didn't see Jim Rutherford's press conference the other day. Yeah. I just read about it. And so when I read about it, I read him say he said he said, the way it was written, the quote was written is, Bruce Boudreaux is our coach, comma, now. Okay? Yeah. So I, I went back and listened to it. It didn't really deserve a comma because he said, Bruce Boudreaux is our coach now. Yeah. Um, But still, the, it's still the same. It's still the same meaning. Yeah. Right? And then he said, Bruce Boudreaux, and, and, and then he said, no, he said, Bruce Boudreaux is our coach now, Right. Or something, or Bruce Bruce Boudreaux is our coach right now, right? Yeah, you know, like just completely leaving himself open to the possibility of firing Bruce Boudreaux and hiring Rick Tockett, which I don't understand. Um, but talk about the way the pendulum swings. But, but if you were to just, bring Rick Tockett in for Bruce, Boudreaux, but it's just right? it's just ridiculous. I yeah. mean, how do you how do you conduct business like that and expect anybody to sign with you? Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, how do you do that? Right? Like, yeah. I mean. There have been so many mistakes made there. Didn't he you know? also say that that ownership is not interfering with him at all? I don't believe that. No, I don't believe yeah, that at all yeah, either. Yeah. But I'm just saying like. I, I think too what we've learned is is Patrick Galvin is a GM in name only. Right. Like he's not he's not driving the bus here. No. Jim Rutherford's the one driving the bus. He's the one talking about all the trades. He's the one about who's talking about firing the coach. Yeah. He's the one that was talking about doing surgery to the lineup. Yeah. Um, it, what's funny is that as soon as you said Patrick Alvin, and I think it's Alvin, but as, Alvin, soon as, you, yeah. as soon as you said that, I, I immediately went, who? And I went, oh, yeah, he is the GM. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, that's how out of the spotlight he is that I actually forgot that he was the GM. But I mean, yeah. And I then mean, it wasn't Rutherford. I mean, I think a lot of this goes back to he didn't hire Bruce Boudreaux. And I think there's a real disconnect between Bruce Boudreaux and Jim Rutherford. I think it goes back to the Rachel Dury situation, uh, the analytics uh, person who was who was fired yeah, and has yeah. has has brought a, uh, a um, civil lawsuit against the Canucks for for unlawful or for un, uh, for dismissal, so, yeah, something. Um, and um, I just I just think that I mean it always starts at the top. It always, always starts at the top mm -hmm. in every organization. And I've, I've maintained that forever. It doesn't matter what size of a market you play in. 
Doesn't matter how big it is. Doesn't matter how small it is. Doesn't matter what the hockey presence is. Doesn't matter anything. What matters most and what dictates success more than anything is ownership and upper management. Right. It starts there. Yeah. And if that's not, if that's not in place, if that's not, if that, if that, if that is not a unit that is a good one, you are not going to have success. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. And you look at, at, at the Canucks, their ownership is suspect. Mm -hmm. And right now, Jim Rutherford, who I like and enjoy talking to, and I've always had a good relationship with, mm-hmm. I, I think is just acting in a way that's not cool. I mean, you don't leave someone twisting in the wind like that. You just don't. We we talked about uh, Bill Zito and the Florida Panthers, and we talked, I think it was a couple weeks ago, it, it, we just mentioned it when when we talked about the first round pick for Ben Schrott that could turn into Connor Bedard. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> we talked about that, and I and I think that... Uh, I said something to the effect of, um, you know, there's got to be an issue with ownership there. Like when you just when you look at Bill Zito and his track record and you, you know, he's a gunslinger, but he's he he normally hits his mark. Right. Mm -hmm. And then and then you think about um, all of the different upheavals that have happened in the Florida Panthers in the last like six years the computer boys, you know, all yeah, that yeah, stuff, yeah. like the times that yeah. they just drastically changed. Yeah. And you just got to think that there's, there's such a huge ownership presence there. And Jim Rutherford is, is another situation where you would have expected a guy with Rutherford's gravitas, gravitas, gravitas. Yeah. Yeah. Gravitas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You would have expected him to walk in and be able to stand up to ownership and be able to write the ship. But to be honest, this whole story has played out in Vancouver with uh, with just different characters every time, and it's played yeah. out the same way. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah. time, yeah. Just different different pieces to the puzzle. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't know how much I want to throw Rutherford under the bus for this, you know, in the sense of it, but because uh, I, I just think that there's one common denominator here. Yeah, there is, there is. But I, but, but I mean, if if you're the Vancouver Canucks and you're Jim Rutherford, um, fire the guy. That's your, that's your prerogative. You are, you have every right. Yeah. He's not your guy. You don't think he's your guy. You don't, you you know, you don't, you don't think the team can move forward with this guy behind the bench. Fire him. Yeah. You know, but to do this, like it's, it's, that's really kind of deplorable. You know, the last time that I can think of an NHL coach being such a bad fit for a team was also the Vancouver Canucks (laughs) (laughs) and John Tortorella. Yeah. Yeah, like I like you know what I mean. There, there's there's very <laughs> and Bill LaForge way back in yeah. the '80s. Bill LaForge was hired as the Vancouver Canucks coach, and they could have had Mike Keenan at the uh, young Mike Keenan at the time. You see, this is before my time. It is, yeah, it is quite quite literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Before the time that I was on this earth, right? But it's uh, but that's what I'm trying to say is that like Torts was there. Like, how can a team get the coaching decisions wrong? So much. Well, the coaching and management decisions, Jim Benning, and yeah, it's just been yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, uh, what, like, I I just yeah, to me, it's it's just like wow. Like you look at the, at what they've done. I mean, they signed JT Miller. They shouldn't have. Yeah, you know. Now they're going to lose out on Bo, Bo Horvat because of it. And you know what? Who knows? Maybe Bo, Bo Horvat becomes the next JT Miller. I mean, is he ever going to play? Is he ever going to reach this level again? Um, I don't know. I think he could. Yeah, yeah. I think he could. And and the only reason why I say that I think he could is because he... Uh, it's a deployment thing for him, right? Like, he was always kind of deployed as sort of like a defensive center. Yeah. And then he got his points on the power play. Right. And he was also... He was always <laughs> lethal on the power play. Like, he was a lethal player on the power play. <clears throat> and so if he if if they deploy him this way, I mean look at Phil Deneau putting up points this yep, year. Yep. It's a deployment thing. Right. I'm yep. not gonna turn around and say that he all of a sudden woke up and just figured out that he could, you know, play hockey on <laughs> that side of the ice. Yeah. That didn't happen. He all of a sudden woke up and was like, Dom Ducharme's gone. I can do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm allowed. The bad man is no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just it's, so anyways, I 
I, I think that he could, maybe not like this, but, you know, I think that he could be a very good player in this league. Yeah, somebody, somebody a, com, a, a Vancouver commentator made the case that this is the the worst the position the Canucks have ever been in since the Mark Messier days. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow is right. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, wow is right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it is it is um yeah, it's 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 a shit show. Yeah. It really is. And yeah. and then you've got Quinn Hughes saying that you know the Tanner Pearson thing wasn't handled properly. Um, you know, now they have now they're investigating that. So expand you know, expand on that. How how was it not handled properly? I, I'm not sure, but 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 uh but I think it was it was something to do with, you know, how it was dealt with surgically. Right. And you know, went, you know, the timing and everything. And clearly Quinn Hughes, no matter what he says, thinks that his teammate was handled improperly, you yeah. know, and they, they say they've done an investigation. Everything was fine. The NHLPA is looking into it. Um, but I mean, it's still, I mean, that, that, that leaves a mark, <laughs> you know, that leaves a big mark. He wouldn't come out like Quinn Hughes is not very vocal and he's not dumb. He's not dumb. No, yeah. no, yeah. he wouldn't come out and say something like that just for the sake of saying it or, not even just for the sake of saying it, but he wouldn't come out and say something like that um, willy-nilly. Just right. it was on the top of his tongue. You know what I mean? He'd, yeah, yeah. He'd say that if, if if it was brewing. Yeah. And he'd been thinking it and mulling it over and over and over again. So, yeah, that's... So then, you know, what do you do? Do you take a blowtorch to this, like, and just fire everybody? Yeah, move them to Quebec City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As as they always say. No, but like I, I mean, you know. So what do you do? Do you? Fire? It doesn't matter. It does matter. It no, totally it, matters. It matters. The it will matter. It, matter it matters in the long term. The ownership. Yeah. 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 What's the, the? There's that Shakespeare quote about like how like the play remains the same though the players change. And right. The, the, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It just it's happened again. It's happened again. And I I mean like look you know the NHL doesn't care about the ownership until the ownership's losing the money the NHL doesn't care. Right, and even when the ownership's losing the money, the NHL doesn't seem to care all that greatly. Um, in the case of certain teams, so but I'm just saying that, like, okay, fire Boudreau. Okay, great. That's probably best for Bruce. You know, a guy that I really like as a coach. I think that he was he was bringing the sexy back to the sport before it was cool. Yeah. Right. And and I like Bruce Boudreau a lot, but obviously it's a bad situation. Obviously it's not the right place for him. But they're, pl- they're playing for him though. I see. I, agree with I see you. zero. I see zero evidence that they've given up on this coach. That they've quit on this coach. I agree. I with see you. zero evidence of it. I, they're playing hard. Uh, I don't think they want to play to get him fired. I don't think they dislike him. I don't think he's lost the room. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I mean, like, I agree. I agree with you. And and Elias Pettersson's playing exceptionally well. Bo Hor- Horvat's playing exceptionally well. JT Miller is starting to come around. Yeah. And well. I mean, nobody thought he was going to have a year like he had last year, but no. we'll probably end off with a pretty reasonable season under his belt. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I agree with you, but it's just not fair to Bruce Boudreaux. You mentioned that uh, yeah. earlier. Yeah, yeah. Jim Rutherford, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I'm just saying you could take a blowtorch. Patrick Alvin, you could take a blowtorch. You could get rid of all these guys. And I just don't. And, and you could trade your whole core and start rebuilding again. But I don't know if this goes any different. It, probably not, because as you, as you point out, um, you know, the, the, the same, the same regime is, is ultimately running everything. How many times do you have to build your beach house and it collapses into the sand before you turn around and say, maybe this isn't the place where I build my beach house. Yeah. You know, anyways, yep. Yep. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what there's, what the solution is there because there's just not an obvious one. And it's, it's the similar thing with, with I remember, do you remember when, um, Brian Burke was the GM? Of the Leafs, or even when uh, Lou Lemerell was the GM of the Leafs, actually, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there was always the speculation with Leafs fans. They're like, "Was that a Dubis move, or was that a Lou move?" Right, and, the, mm-hmm. and every move that they made, they attributed all smart moves to to Dubis and all <laughs> dumb moves to Lou Lamorello, Right? Yeah, and and it kind of reminds me a little bit of that, where you're kind of you're seeing the disconnect, you're seeing 
something good, then a lot of things bad. Then like you're seeing that disconnect. And as a fan, I'd be watching that and going, you know, yeah, surely this is not one person that just, you know, woke up and took their stupid pills one morning and then the next morning forgot to take them. <laughs> so when you take stupid pills, yeah, does it I know. make as you stupider? I... <laughs> yeah. Or are those anti-stupid pills? No, those are the yeah. <laughs> those are the stupid pills. The side effect is forgetfulness. Okay. The next day. Yeah. 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 Like cuz yeah. It's I I don't know that there's a solution. I'm sorry Vancouver Canucks fans. I'm sorry. You're screwed. Well, you might you might be right. <laughs> You're I mean, the laughing stock of the league and we all enjoy it. But I'm so sorry for you guys. Well, and the NHL, as you say, is not going to step in because there have been some, you know, I mean, some very serious allegations leveled against the ownership of the Vancouver Canucks. Um, yeah. In, in terms of off-ice stuff. Yeah. And I found it really strange that, you know, any time that it's a player, the league is right there doing a full investigation, you know. Yeah. Um. How come you're not doing that with one of your own? But that's the thing is that the the NHL is not a company. The NHL is an amalgamation of companies. Right, right. The NHL is the United Nations of a company, Mm -hmm. right? And so, well, maybe more like the League of Nations because they're completely impotent (laughs) to stop (laughs) anything from going wrong. But it's just my point to say is that, that that's... Batman works for the owners. Right. The NHL right. works for the ownership. Yep. Yep. Right? Yep. And uh and and I think that the owners they don't they don't want anybody playing in their sandbox. And so they are reticent to play in someone else's sandbox. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. You know. I don't know. Just my it's, it's just a bit, my take, just my theory. duplicitous though. It's very duplicitous. Yeah. 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 You picture it like that. Uh, what, what, you remember in the Simpsons, like the evil conglomerate meeting, it'd be like Fox News and like <laughs> yeah, the different yeah. like companies, you know, Johnson and Johnson was there and they're all wringing their hands and meeting on a dark stormy night in a castle. Right. Yeah. It's kind of got that. Kind of like that. It. Yeah. 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 That's the ownership meeting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Let's move on. Hey, everybody, the NFL playoff action continues, and we're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL Divisional Round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at even bigger payouts with DraftKings stepped-up same game. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. And remember to bet on the Buffalo Bills because they're going to win the Super Bowl. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL Divisional Round and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. All right, so let's move on. Uh, is anything more enjoyable than Paul Maurice's relationship with analytics? <laughs> yeah, his relationship with with uh, with referees too. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's just it's just as uh, it's just as interesting. They like he like- basically basically said after last night, and you know, I mean, I, what I liked about the job that the referees did last night in the in the uh, in the Toronto game. Yeah, um, and I Saint Laurent was one, and I can't remember who the who the two referees were. Um, one of them was last name Saint Laurent. The other one was, oh, geez. Here, just a sec. Let me check. I can easily find out. Just let me check. Okay. Francois Saint Laurent, Pierre Lambert. And Pierre Lambert, yeah. Francois Saint Laurent and Pierre Pierre Lambert. He basically intimated that these guys had it in for him. Right. That, you know, that, that these guys have been following them around and he's seen a pattern and yeah, yeah, it was, it's, it's kind of ridiculous Yeah, because I mean, I think it was, was it Tommy Lasorda or Sparky Anderson? Something said, yeah, I've questioned a lot of, I've never questioned an umpire's integrity, his Mm. eyesight. Yes. (laughs) You know, and that's, that's the way I feel about, about these two guys is they were equal opportunity bad last night. Right. That was one of the poorly most poorly officiated games I've seen in a long time. Yeah. But it was it was it was equal opportunity bad. Yeah. They were bad for both teams. Yeah. And uh so yeah, so it was uh yeah, it was interesting. 
Yeah. I mean, that's that's sort of the one of the jokes about officiating is that if you go on Twitter and both both teams' fans are complaining about the officiating, is actually probably... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably yeah. just fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. at least yeah. even yeah. or so. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But he had he had a point on the Radko Gudis interference call. He had a point on the... Like, uh, there was one where Ryan Lomberg took a, a, a hooking penalty... And you watch the replay, and it's it's just a guy tracking his guy back into the defensive zone. Yeah, nothing more than that. Just good defensive hockey. Yeah, yeah. And and somehow they called that hooking. Yeah, I, I didn't get it. I've, so I've they noticed, especially with uh, partial breakaways, the one that bothers me a lot is when they call a slashing when essentially the stick makes contact with the other stick anywhere above maybe a foot above the blade of the stick. Yeah. They call yeah. that slashing. And I'm like, that's stick on stick, man. Yeah. Like, they're calling, they're calling that all that almost all the time now. Almost every time that somebody gets a partial breakaway, there's a, or, or just, or there's a slash to the stick anywhere, anywhere near the hands. But even if it's not anywhere. a, sti- even if it's not a slash, I'm talking yeah. about like smacking yeah, the yeah. stick oh, sideways, okay. yeah, side yeah. to side. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. still, yeah. any contact between the two sticks is being called as a slash right. on a partial breakaway. Okay. And to me, it just completely destroys the flow of the game. Then you get a penalty shot sometimes, which I guess, you know, that can be fun sometimes. But what's more fun is watching a guy who's on a breakaway actually try to score and not try to draw a penalty for a penalty shot. That's more fun in Do my you think opinion. That's what Nylander did last night? No. No, I'm not even talking about last night. I'm oh, talking okay. about in, in a more general sense. But I, I do. I, I, I see these guys and I think that I'm almost certain that they slow up. And wait for any kind of stick contact, and then they just turn to the ref. Okay, and they make some ineffectual attempt at the net, and go like, "Whoa, touch my thing!" It's hockey. There's contact. Have you not figured this out yet? Come on, now nah, I figured it out. Okay. But anyways, um, I thought the game last night was intriguing. I thought uh, it was quite the uh, hold my beer of terrible goaltending. Yeah, Murray lets in his second shot of the night, and Bobrovsky's like. You think that's something? How about a save percentage of zero, baby? <laughs> Let's in his first shot of the night. And then the team that switches goaltenders in the Leafs, Samsonov saves their bacon with an incredible scorpion save. Yep. And uh, Bobrovsky does, I guess, what's the opposite of saving bacon? Eating it? He ate their bacon? He let their bacon get rotten. Yeah, he left the bacon out on the counter overnight, <laughs> and there was no more bacon to be had. Yep. Yeah. Well, that that is, in my mind, and we were going to talk about the Florida Panthers and the Colorado Avalanche. That's, that is, I mean, that's the epitome of show, show me a good coach and I'll show you a good goalie. Yeah. I mean... I mean, say what you want about Paul Maurice's coaching, and a lot of people have a lot to say about it. Yeah, yeah. But right now, he doesn't look like a very good coach, in part because he doesn't have a very good goalie. So, I mean, I try not to pile on with 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 this stuff. Like, I'll say it if I don't think if I don't see it very much on Twitter, mm-hmm. then I'll yeah. say it. But if all I see on Twitter is this guy's a joke or this guy's whatever, then I I I just don't see the need to add my voice to that. Right, 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 right. Um, but but Paul Maurice saying. Well, our analytics in Winnipeg were bad, but we played really well and won a lot of games. Our analytics in Florida are good, but we're losing a lot of games. It's like, yeah, Hellebuck, yeah. Bobrovsky. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yep. gee, if only there was uh, a slight difference. Yeah, if there was only a way to quantify this. Oh, there is. Yeah. Look at their save percentages. Yeah, exactly. It's funny. I was talking to uh, one of the writers for In Goal last, uh, yesterday. And uh, talking about Hellebuck and just how great he is, and and his response was essentially, was essentially he's great, but he's so boring to watch because he is the epitome. He's a goalie coach's dream. Yeah, he's, he's at just, Belfort. He's at Belfort that way. He's yeah. just Mister Robot. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. just he's just so robotic he, and yeah. and all the rest of it. So yes, it's great, but ah, it almost takes the joy out of it. And for me, I of course took the opposite tack because I'm a jerk, <laughs> um, and a goalie coach. So he's my dream. So. Right. Right. Anyways, it was uh, it was pretty. It's yeah. So like yeah. So so he stopped thirty two of thirty seven shots. Bobrovsky did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not a lot of ten bills though in that. You know. Nope. There was there was one where there was a rebound to his left, and he got across and made a good save. And there was one on there was a two on oh well it was actually a breakaway and the second player was also a florida player against matt murray where i'm like that is just 
what do you even do as a goalie there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Where he makes a first save on a difficult breakaway. That was the short that was a shorthanded. That yeah, was, that a, was short-handed a shorthanded goal. goal. Yeah, I mean that that yeah, that that wasn't Matt Murray. That wasn't no. on Matt Murray. Yeah. But I mean, I even saw Sergey Bobrovsky having trouble catching the puck last night. Like Yeah. But anyway, so so this is all sort of Were you at the game last night? I was. Okay, yeah. Yeah, there there's there's like this is a long way of saying that I mean the the Florida Panthers are not are are they're getting healthy. Yeah. They're playing better. Yeah. They're a better team than they've shown, right? Yeah. But until they start getting goaltending that's NHL caliber, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, but I mean it's also chicken chicken or egg. I mean, like right now, uh you know I like Gudis a lot, right? But I like him a lot as a sneaky good second pairing guy. Well, they are relying on him. Yeah. A ton. Well, he's t- he's technically on their third pairing right now with Josh Mahura, right? Uh, yeah, technically. Yeah. Um, but, but with with penalty kill time, he's he's putting up a lot of minutes. Yes, he is. Yeah. Paul Maurice loves him. By the way, he was he was going on and on about him yesterday, <laughs> saying he's more than a beast back there. He's he's been really good for Mahura. He's been you know he's he's Maurice loves him. So okay. So how much how much time did he play last night? Because they were uh, see, but last night wasn't. I don't. I'm not sure it was indicative because. Okay, so he he spent 256 playing shorthanded. Aaron Ekblad played 551 shorthanded. They played shorthanded so much last night that it kind of gets skewed a little bit, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gudis is playing an average of 18 minutes and 10 seconds a night. That's a lot for a third pairing guy. That's what that's I was trying lot. to say. Yeah. That's that's an average over the course of the year. Now, of course. The injuries that existed that yep. that lead to this, right? So a guy like, so Brandon Montour leads leads the team in in minutes per game played at twenty four. Not oh wow, not uh, not Aaron Ekblad, eh? Aaron Ekblad's right behind him at uh, just under twenty four, twenty three and okay. fifty eight. Yeah. Yep. But anyways, I'm just saying, eighteen minutes and ten seconds is nothing to sneeze at. No, it's not. That's a no. That's that's definitely those. That's second pairing minutes for sure. You're pushing a guy. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yep. That. Yep. You know. Yeah, like I said, he should be sneaky good. He shouldn't be a reliant option. Right. And uh, yeah, I I I think that uh, as much as Bobrovsky's been bad, as much as Spencer Knight's been bad, you know the best way to get a goalie's mojo back. I'm actually going to speak from experience here. <laughs> don't don't make him save 40 shots a night. Bingo. Yeah. So at the second camp, the first game I let in four goals. Right at the second camp last summer, the first game I let in four goals. And I was I was losing it. I was smacking my stick. I was doing stuff I haven't done, done since like you know Bantam, right? And uh, and I kind of I had a chat with a few of the defensemen on my team, and they were kind of like, "Oh, it's okay. Like we've seen you in practice. We know you're good." Like they kind of they kind of pumped me up like that. The second game, I got a shutout, but other than a breakaway, I had virtually no difficult shots to stop. Right. <laughs> and then the third game, they because they were being nice to me. They're being nice. They're like this guy's a nice guy. He's a good goalie. Let's uh, let's do it for him, right? And then and then the third game they played normal, and I had I'd say a normal workload, and I got another another shutout. Yeah, because and I had a reasonable amount of shots to stop, and it wasn't like crazy hard. Like the first game was actually it it was really difficult. It wasn't as hard as the first game, but it was way harder than the second game. But the point is, is that if you want your goalies to get going, then you've got to give them a special night. Like you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 it's almost like uh, it's like we're repairing any other relationship, you know. Show up with flowers and put in the work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm just saying that we're not the, the the Florida Panthers. They're a run and gun team. That's fine and good. But I think that they've got the talent on the back end. But they're they've got to fix the relationship. Yeah, yeah. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, they are. They've played 46 games. Yeah. They played twenty. They played twenty six on the road and only twenty at home. So they're going to get have a good home. They're going to have a good run of home games in the in you know down the stretch. Meaning easier matchups. E- easier matchups, and you know you just tend to win a more more at home than you do on the road. Yeah. Um. They're three points behind Pittsburgh and the New York Islanders, but Pittsburgh's played three fewer games. The Islanders have played one fewer game. Yeah. So they're still in the race. They are in the race. Yeah, I feel like I feel like they could they could still sneak in as a wild card team. No way they're getting in as a top three team in that division. They're 
you know, whatever, they're like 12 points behind Tampa. Well, right so now. they've got a win percentage of 5.11. Yeah. Right? Buffalo, who's behind them in the standings, has a win percentage of 5.23. Right. Detroit, who's behind them in the standings, has a win percentage of 5.12. Right. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. there's, uh, you know, then you've got New York Islanders uh, have a, which is, this is, of course, the wild card race, have a win percentage of 5.56. No. F- yeah. 5.56. Yeah. yeah. And then if you want to go in division, Tampa Bay Lightning's got the third playoff spot with a win percentage of 6.79. Yeah. You're not catching that. You're not catching that. Yeah. To your point, which is what you said. Yeah. But I just, there are teams behind them in the standings with better win percentages and not just like one. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to picture a world where the Florida Panthers write this ship to where it's got to be. Yeah. I, I find that hard to picture that world. Well, I'm just talking about making the playoffs. No, I, that's what yeah, I'm talking yeah, about yeah, as well. Yeah. I, I, I don't. You think that they've got a decent chance? What are you weighted at, like sixty percent? No, no, no. Well, yeah, no. I, well, I'm half hard. of whatever you say. It's well, it's actually it's hard to it's hard to say that they'd be sixty percent when they're out of the playoffs and they're playing the way they do. They haven't had a three game winning streak all year, <laughs> all year. Last night they were trying for the fifth time to have a three game winning streak and they failed again. Really? Yeah, yeah. So. The president's the president's trophy. Um, Florida Panthers winners. has, according to Money Puck, forty three point two percent to make the playoffs. Okay, I you know according to Dylan making stuff up off the top of his head, I right. say that that's lower. Okay, yeah, yeah. Do you do you agree with the forty three point two? Would you go over or under? Like if somebody told you to bet, DraftKings <laughs> told you to bet, are you taking the over or under? On I might that? take the over. I, w- I might ta- I might take the over on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, you want to move on to the Colorado Avalanche? Kind well, of same conversation. yeah, I mean, sort of the same conversation, right? So, you know, we're at the point where people are saying, do we start worrying about the Colorado Avalanche? And we probably are at the point where, or they, we were at the point where we start worrying about the Colorado Avalanche. As of right now, by, say, by win percentage, they're still out of the wild card because um, Edmonton and Calgary have better winning percentages than they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's another team that's getting healthy again. Uh, Nathan and, McKinnon's back in the lineup. Yeah, and I feel I feel like I feel like doesn't hurt. Yeah, I I feel like this is a team that is that is that you don't have to worry about as much. Um, yeah, you know, I every mean, article I see about them is like, is it time to start worrying about the Colorado Avalanche? And then you click on it, and it goes no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, great, thanks, thanks for that. Uh, yeah, for that and, and they have they have played better. They have played better lately. Yeah. Um. I mean, Kel McCarr's all world. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. He's all world. Yeah. Um. Their defense core has has you know sort of really kind of. I think I think they've gotten a lot better. I think you know having Nathan McKinnon back in the lineup is is huge for them. Now they've got to get you know Gabriel Landeskog back, and there's somebody else, Bowen Byram. Bowen Byram's another big He's one. He's an important one. Yeah, and and I think he's coming back really soon. So I feel like once they get healthy, like like Florida's healthy now, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure that it's going to be enough, but I feel like if and when Colorado gets completely healthy, you're looking at a, a team that can make some that can make some serious noise. So uh Colorado, Alexander Georgiev, according to moneypuck.com, just because I have him on the website. Is 14th best in the league for goals saved above expected with seven goals saved above expected. And that's and that's all you need in Colorado. That's all you need. That's all you need. That's exceptional. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. exceptional goaltending. Right. And, and and one of the rare but do happen situations where I have to eat crow on my goalie take. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry, everyone that didn't take <laughs> Georgiev in their fantasy league because they're like, well, Dylan sounds like a guy who knows what he talk he's talking about. <laughs> said no one. Said no. I, I said sounds like. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I like to lace my speeches with a lot of verisimilitude. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. It's good, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Yep. What can I say? I, I try to pick any time that I that I can ever lace in a big uh uh word. <laughs> <laughs> Some people have a way with words, others not have way, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going back to the hee-haw jokes. Sometimes he has a way with words. Sometimes words have a way with him. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyways, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. The Colorado Avalanche, like, you know, they've been decimated at forward. Right? Yes, they have been. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I mean, Kale McCarr, as great a player as he is, like, your ability to impact a game as a defenseman is defense and transition mm-hmm. and not usually as a finisher. But he can finish. <laughs> no, of course he yeah. can He can finish, but I'm just saying, you know. I mean, and, and I think we forget that we're, that we're getting like a, a borderline superstar season for Miko Ranton in here too. That's very true. Yeah. He's held that forward. Oh my together. gosh. Oh my gosh. He's been good. Yeah. Okay, so you ready for some for some fun stats in the Colorado Avalanche? What that nobody can score? Like Alex Newhook Newhook has nine goals. What what that Kale McCarr leads the team in average time on ice per games played. With you, you want to guess twenty seven. Twenty seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You looked I knew it up already. Yeah. Eh? No, I I I ra- I vaguely remember that. Yeah, Nathan. McKinnon. Josh Manson is another guy they need back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. That's another guy. Arturi yeah. Lekkinen is playing twenty one thirty three a night. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. But here's the thing. Kale McCarr is averaging 2.26 points per 60. <laughs> That's ridiculous, eh? It's a ridiculous number for a defenseman. Yeah. It really, really is. Um. Anyways, yeah, no, I I, I don't have any true worries about about them, you know? I think they're going to be fine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that even if they don't, even if by some miracle... They don't make the playoffs. Like, is that the worst thing in the world as a fan of the team? Well, I think. Well, it's not great. <laughs> I mean, no, no. But like, are uh, you are you really sitting there and going, ah, uh, like, no, oh it's, boy, we're in not, for some pain. We're in for a rebuild. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, in for whatever. Yeah, it's not like you know we're gonna blow this thing up. No, you've got you know? McKinnon and McCarr yeah, yeah. signed in their primes yeah. for another year. Yeah, Rantanen's yeah. still signed. I yeah. think Landeskog is still signed. Oh yeah, yeah. You've yeah. got. Your core uh, locked up and in their primes, and you just and, say, and you I think just you, say just, you had some bad luck. Yeah, I think you kind of, I think you kind of, you kind of chalk it up to, uh, hey, we just, you know, we couldn't get healthy this year. Enjoy your first round pick in in this draft. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. unless they trade it at the deadline, I think that that would be foolish of them. I'd stand pat if I were them. They don't. They have that pick, I assume, right? I think that they do. Yeah. But like, would you? Would you be? Uh, buying up the market if you were if you were them this year. Well, there's a lot of talk of of uh, of Bo Horvat type stuff. Yeah, that's what it's going to take. I mean, it, it's kind of like it's kind of a stupid discussion though. It's like, hey, you know who'd be a good fit? The best player on the best team. <laughs> wow, brilliant! Did yeah, you come yeah. up with that all by yourself? I did, as a matter of fact. You know who would also be a good fit? The second best player on the best team. It's incredible. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? Um, has anybody noticed that Cole Caulfield has zero penalty minutes this year? I didn't notice that. Zero. I feel like I should Unless have. he got one last night, and I don't think he did. Lady Bing candidate. Oh, yeah. Like, slam dunk. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I, I don't think he got any penalty minutes last night. For that smile alone. Have you seen his smile? It's a beauty, yeah. It's a beauty. Yeah, yeah it's a good one. Yeah. 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 Wow, zero penalty minutes. Right? I think so. And 25 goals. That's what you get when you have literally not spent 10 seconds in a row in the defensive zone. That's true. <laughs> But, but I mean, he's, but I mean, he is also, oh, he got a penalty last night. He's at two. He's at two. What happened? I don't know. Oh my gosh. I I watched, I watched more of the Leafs game last night than the Habs game. Yeah. I didn't watch any of the Habs game last night. I know you were at the Leafs game. Yes. Yeah. I was only watching it to see if I could see in the press box. Yeah, don't watch it for that reason. And they then never, I'd say, I know that guy. Us. They never show us. I know. Actually, sometimes they do because because Kyle Dubas's bo- the Leafs box is right up above where I sit most of the time. Yeah. So sometimes people say, Oh, I saw you. In the... But yeah. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's a good thing that uh, Dubas isn't a fan of the spit tobacco. <laughs> uh, well, sitting Dubas, right below him. Dubas is not a fan of the referees. That's for sure. It was. It was a. It was a you know yeah, it was a yeah, joke. yeah yeah he yeah. was he was he was very vocal last night 
Let's put it that way. He was very vocal about the officiating last night. Yeah, it was hilarious because I, I, he, I could hear him being vocal about the refereeing. Right, and then I went down and I chatted with Bill Zito, <laughs> and he was going on about the refereeing. <laughs> and you said you and Dubas need to have he a was, beer after. Well, this. he was talking. He was talking to Don Van Massenhoven, who's a supervisor for the longest time. Right. Yeah. But between the second and third period, and he was like, "I just told him, like, unless somebody's going to the hospital, let us play for God's sake." <laughs> <laughs> so they were. So, like I said, you know, they were so bad they were good yeah. last night. They were yeah. so bad they were good because yeah. they were bad for both sides. Yeah. So, like, it's not even like you can get really pissed off, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> if you're the Leafs or the F- Florida Panthers. Yeah. Actually, you could probably get a little more pissed off if you're the Florida Panthers. Yeah? Wow. How many more power How many more power plays did they have? Yeah, but that's not an indicator. It's not, it's not an indicator often. In yeah. a game like this, it was. Yeah. Because it wasn't a chippy game. It wasn't, a like, an no, overly physical game. game. Yeah. It wasn't, like, for the part of, for most of the second period, it was sleepy. Yeah, yeah. Like, it wasn't one of those games where, you know, it's a statement game or, you know, we really got to, you know, do something here <laughs> or it's got to be chippy or whatever. It yeah. wasn't one of those games. Like, yeah, it was just. a just, mid-season game. Yeah. And then they, they, like, that penalty call, like, they got the, they finally got the call right. They yeah. got the wrong guy. Right. They they sent Liljegren to the box, and I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be Engvall that was supposed to get the penalty. Right. Like it was just. It was just really bad. Yeah, it's really bad. Do you want to talk about uh, the glove punch before we get out of here? The over the net. Sergachev. Sergachev. Yeah. Well, what more do you want? What more do you have to say about it? Really? Well, I just want to reiterate my thing, which is if you're going to allow fighting in this league to prevent, you know, stuff like that. Then that you it have should to prevent, prevent stuff, like, stuff that. like that. Yeah, yeah. And if you're not going to prevent stuff like that, then you then what's the point of the fighting? Well, on that night, on that that same night, Mikhail Sergachev cold cocked um, Connor Garland behind the net. Yeah, and that same night in Arizona's game against I don't know whom. Yeah, Clayton Keller cross chucked a guy in the throat. Right. Both, I didn't see that one, but both five thousand dollar fines. They both make upwards of seven million dollars. I know for Sergachev it was point zero seven percent of his salary, right? And for Keller it was probably even less. Yeah, I know. Don't tell me that you want to protect people's heads. Don't tell me that. Yeah. Don't tell me you want to protect people's brains that you want to that you you you're worried about concussions. Yeah. When you let a guy off with a $5,000 fine after punching a guy in the head like that. Yeah. I I've said it. I've said <laughs> it. I, I hate to admit it. I hate to be the, the, the caveman in the room, but I enjoy the fights. I watch them. I enjoy yeah. them. I think that they're entertaining. Yep. But, but the honest to goodness truth is, is that a, I could do without them. Right. But B again, like I said, if you're going to allow the fighting, the willing combatants, if you will. Yeah. You've got to get rid of this because there is a difference between Harry Houdini flexing his stomach and getting punched in the gut and Harry Houdini being killed in a hallway. Right. Yeah. You know? Yep. I don't know if that story is true. My dad told it to me. I think it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Some guy punched him and yeah. 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 Smacks of some old wives tale, you know no, what I, I mean? Th- like, no, I think, yeah. I think, I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. My dad used to tell me it too. So there <laughs> you go. We're on like four generations of like misinformation about how. Yeah. Harry when, when really he had, he had like cholera. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact about Houdini. He gave Buster Keaton the nickname Buster. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. Just a fun fact about Harry Houdini. Interesting. Yeah. Did he pull it out of his hat? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> apparently Buster Keaton was in a family vaudeville act. And as <laughs> this is so horrifying, he was billed as the child who couldn't get hurt. <laughs> and so his family would drop him and chuck him around basically from before he was a year old. And <laughs> You know, as, you gotta as get, is custom. You gotta get the income where you can. As is custom in the 1800s, and apparently Houdini caught the act. And uh, after one of the falls, supposedly he was seven months old. Houdini said that fall was a buster. 
Wow. And then he got the nickname Buster, which became Buster Keaton. Okay. <laughs> I was listening to Under the Influence last you're week. Tra- oh, is that? Oh, is That's that where I got that story yeah, from? Okay. So it should yeah, because be I usually fairly, listen to that show. I should have. I should have heard that too. It should be fairly accurate. Like he's he's pretty well researched. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Terry yeah, O'Reilly. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Not, get the, out of here? not the former Bruin enforcer, Terry O'Reilly. No. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Terry yeah. O'Reilly of Under the Influence. Yeah. I don't know if many people of our listeners would listen to CBC radio, but I do all the time. Yeah. Well, you can get it as a Anyways, podcast. He's he's from Sudbury, too. So I know he's from Sudbury. Yay. Yeah. Do you guys Yay. know each other? No. No? No. Uh, I don't run in his circles. <laughs> of intellectuals? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. Yep. <laughs> You're down here with us hockey folks. Right on. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, check out kencampbell.substack.com. Don't forget to subscribe. You can get this podcast directly into your inbox. Check us out on Twitter at HockeyNoFilter, at Ken underscore Campbell 27, of course, at underscore Dylan Wah. Stick around next week. We'll have another episode, and I'll uh, talk to you all soon.